Welcome to the Pergold Podcast. This is Jared Pickney, and today I am joined by Brad Hyde, who is the marketing director of Arissa, which, yeah. if I am not mistaken, is it was it formerly known as Mid South Health? Is y'all just change names? Like what's well, it, about three years ago. In fact, it'll be three years next month. Um, th- four companies, four community mental health companies in Arkansas came together uh, to create Arissa Health. So it's. Okay. Uh, the one everybody here would m- most likely understand or remember is Mid-South Health Systems, Ozark Guidance Center, um, uh, Professional Counseling Associates, and Counseling Associates. So we cover 41 counties. Um, we're the largest provider of mental health services in the state of Arkansas. Uh, we have 80-plus uh, locations and nearly 1,200 employees. So, wow. Yeah. It's massive. It is. And, and, and you know, like Mid-South's been around for 49 years, so. How long have you been in the mental health world? I've been with... doing this for 29 years. 29 years? It doesn't look like, I know it's it's radio, but, you know, it's, it's I don't look like I've been doing this for 20. <laughs> I look younger than Terry Austin, so that's, <laughs> his, his, that's my only go. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> 29 years in the mental health world. Mm. I'm curious, have you does it seem like there has been an uptick in mental health problems? Are we just more aware of them now? Uh, Is it that people are struggling more? I have conversations with obviously a lot of different people because of my profession, because of this podcast. And it seems like that we are experiencing a mental health crisis like we have never experienced before. Is that true from your perspective or are we just more aware of it with social media and things of that nature i think we're more aware of it i think we're better at understanding uh some things i think that we recognize uh things that are now uh mental health issues that in the past we didn't so i i think we're we have wider eyes so to speak and we can we can help people more Mm. and better Mm -hmm. than in the past and i think and I'm very proud of this. I think there's less of a stigma for people to say I have a mental health oh, absolutely. Uh, problem. So, you know, in the past, we might not have known much about it because people didn't want to talk about it. Right. But now um, they are. And so we're now more aware of it. I think everybody should get. I think everybody needs therapy. I agree. I get free therapy every day at work in the hallway. So, I, you know, when someone asks me... Uh, I, if I could recommend a therapist, that's just like someone asking you uh, who could cut my hair. I just say, here's here's a list. These people are great. Call them. Everybody, everybody needs therapy. Well, I agree. It's kind of the way I try to describe it to some men who are, you know, maybe feel shame around, like, I don't need anybody to help me. It's like, you know, like just like your car Every now and then, need someone to get under the hood, of course, and tune some things up. Like the same is true in your own life. You like break you, your leg, and you're you know you don't you're not ashamed to go to the ER mm-hmm. uh, because you can't fix that leg yourself. You know the thing is, we break our leg, we go to the ER. We 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 get depressed. We sit on the couch for twenty years and yes. just you know not get yeah, out. Becoming an, an addict. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's self medicating. Uh, oh, one hundred percent. I read a book. Uh, years ago by a guy named Seth Haynes. He's a lawyer mm-hmm. in uh, Northwest Arkansas, but he came out of addiction. His, uh, actually, he's, I guess, what is he? I think he's written a couple books now, but one of his books, he says, the question is not ever why the addiction, but why the pain. Mm. 
And yes. so he was like, addictions are always the result of somewhere along the way you tried to to cope with oh, pain, trauma, oh. grief, whatever it is in an unhealthy way. I, I had, uh, when I was working at St. Bernard's Behavioral Health, I, I was one of the uh, mobile screeners. So someone would call and I would go out to the jail and, and ask people a list of questions to see if they need to be admitted into the facility. And so, uh, you know, I'll admit this freely. Um, I would think that people who had substance use issues were just drug addicts totally. and tension seeking. And yep. it was their fault. And I was reporting this information back because <clears throat> you always bring this information back to a psychiatrist and you tell them what, and the psychiatrist says whether they need to come into the facility or not. And uh, I I think the psychiatrist picked up on a little bit of my short, uh, sort of disdain. And, and she said to me, she says, you know, you know, what was the reason why they were mm-hmm. doing this drug? And I said, I don't. Does what they were doing? They were doing heroin. What does it matter? Yeah, they do it. Yep, yep. And she said, No, they're self medicating. Yeah. So what was the reason for that? Because every person that is abusing substance, well, every person self medicates. Whether you're overeating, whether you have many sexual partners, whether you overexercise, mm-hmm. everybody self medicates. Hundred percent. And so she said, What our job is to do is to find the reason why they feel like they need to medicate themselves out of this situation. And I have to say to me, just that's one of the times where I'm like, oh, I never, I yes. didn't think about sure. that. Well, most of us don't. And I think that's why we're, can be so judgmental mm. of people who are in addiction or have ruined yes. their lives or ruined their families. And it's like, look, nobody ever just wakes up one day and says, you know, it's a beautiful guy. day. I think I'm going to try to destroy my life. You know what I'm saying with addiction? Yes. It's like, it doesn't happen. And, no. you know, I used to work for Arkansas Counseling Agency. Um, and I, I guess it's probably three or four. What was that? I worked for about three or four years. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say, like, kind of your same story where there were some people that I would have totally looked down on growing oh, up without even realizing I was doing yeah. it. It's that whole idea, like, you made your bed, you lay in mm-hmm. it, right, kind of mentality. And then you get to know them and you hear their story and you're like, geez, like if I would have grown up like that or if I would have experienced that, I probably wouldn't even be as good as you are. Oh, God. I'd probably be even worse. There are so many times now I tell people when I'm surprised, that's when I'm surprised. (laughs) When I hear something and it surprises me, that's when I'm surprised because there's so many times I've heard so many, I've been in so many situations where someone's told you something so absurd that now it was my, my dad out. This is a weird story, but my dad was in the car with me one time and I was driving. A lot of people call me to ask me, uh, do I know where this person could go? You know, like they have someone in a situation. Do I have a recommendation? So my dad was in the car and I reflexively answered the Bluetooth. And um, the person was calling and said, Brad, I need help finding a placement for this person. And I just kind of looked at my dad and go, shh, don't, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, okay. And they weren't really going to tell me any personal information. They were just going to tell me what's going on. And so the person said, I have a transsexual pyromaniac with a heroin addiction and no insurance. Do you know where they could go? And I'm like, 
well, are they a transsexual or are they a transvestite? And she goes, oh, that's good. I'll have to check on that. And she said, I'll call you back. And I get off the phone. My dad goes, that was your first question? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, that depends on which unit they go on. He goes, but all those words, what? Yeah. what? And I'm like, oh, oh, none of that's, that's a Tuesday, dad. That, that's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that happens every, that happens. And I found a placement yes. for him, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, man, know? I tell you, you work in counseling for any length of time. I think you do get to a place where, this is something I've realized, is anytime someone comes to me for counseling, they always think that they've got, like, the worst issue I've ever heard in my life. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, you've never heard anything like this. And they're so ashamed, and they're like, this is so bad. It's like... You hear so much if you've oh, been yes. accounted for so long. It's like, yeah, your issues yeah, probably that, not as oh, massive as you no. think it is. There's so many people that say, um, "Well, I want to go to this counselor, but I don't want them to know." Yes, and I'm like, they don't really care. They're so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah I'm like, they've heard that. 3,000, they're not going home going, oh my gosh, you'll never ho- believe who has depression. Yeah. Now. It's you like know? the doctor, it's like when you go to the doctor and like you get a physical whenever and you're like, I don't want to drop my pants. And it's like, well, look, like I promise you, like yeah. you're not the first person they've seen. Like it's just another, it's a Tuesday thinking about for them or whatever. Yes, it's the same thing in the counseling world. It's like whatever issue you have, I promise you, right. they've heard it before. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. They're not going to be blown away. It really is boring. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Exactly. You're the fifth one. And today. if you do have a crazy story, like they're going to be even more engaged. Right. So it's a win win situation. Absolutely. You're just really like, yeah, I'm going to help you because I want to tell people I helped you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, congratulations, by the way, on being the, the mm. guest who brought the most gifts I am on the gift podcast. Giver. I have absolutely. got a, um, uh, a, a, this is a stress ball. Stress, a mood stress ball. Although you have not. <clears throat> I've not got to change colors yet. And mm. I have been just absolutely wearing this thing out. Ever right. since that might be, that's a warning sign there if you're just wearing out the stress well that is true and you you've got the stress tester yeah stress test card you put your thumb on it again if if you're white if you're white knuckling the stress card that that you don't really need the stress card to tell you that is your thumb white because you're pressing I just, down you know, so hard. I did it really easy. Okay. Look, man, this thing says I am stressed mm, currently. Same. Blue. Same for you. <laughs> have you Have you taken it? Oh, yeah. Mine always changes. What is it? Let me see what you got right here. So I've got my thumb on it. and you Are you sure this isn't body, te- like body temperature? It is the whole body idea. temperature. Yeah. And they're saying the body temperature is impacted by your stress. Yeah. Maybe you and I are just cold-blooded or something. If, my hands if, are cold. If your I'll hands you right are cold, now. you can, well, it's, it changed, but you can put it up on your neck if you tend to have, but here, see, that's, see, it's green. Wait, but it was black with your fingers? No, no, it was, it turned, it turns real quick. Can back. I put it on my belly? Yeah, I'll put it on, uh, you can put it anywhere you want. That's where it's We're going to post a photo of that. Yes, yeah, please. Uh, green. Oh. Calm. Calm belly. <laughs> that's it calm belly that's, happy life that's, they always that's say, right? what they say that's what they say i like this also this little um this card here yeah we hand those out questions to ask your kid after school mm-hmm. instead of how was your day i'm so fine. guilty of that fine yeah or if you're my kids i don't want to talk about it or i don't want to yeah like they'll just <laughs> like we just sent my two oldest back to public school huh they're not right. enjoying it Ooh. They were homeschooled for three years. Oh, wow. You just threw them right into the fire, didn't you? Uh, I threw them right in. I like these questions. Yeah. What made you smile today? Can you tell me an example of kindness that you saw or showed? What did you do that was creative? Mm. Who did you sit with at lunch? It's their detailed questions. Yeah. Right. It's it's to keep you from, yeah. But also, you know, a lot of parents just don't know how to ask. Mm -hmm. 
or just don't know they they ask how was your day because that's they that's how they ask and and kids are really good about answering the question you ask them and so if you have a bunch of detailed questions um you will get detailed answers because they're reflexive that way it's really good yeah yeah, I am certainly going to use this. I like. I think one on there is if if you were the teacher, what would you have done differently? I love. Ah, you learn a lot about. I like that. You know what I wanted to do? We my teacher had us do this. I would have done it this yeah. way. I would have said like, no homework forever. That's right. And you're like, okay, well then there you go, and you learn something. Every one of those questions are designed to teach you something about your child, not just about their day. But if you listen closely to the answer, you'll learn something else about your child. That's really good. Do y'all spend uh, much time working with the parent-child relationship? Yes. I would imagine that's incredibly we a, important. We have very specifically designed programs and yeah. rooms. It's called Parent-Child um, Interactive Therapy. And there's a, a specific room at some of our clinics in Paragold. We actually have one of these um, where it is a... Two rooms, the child is playing in one room, and uh, the parent is in there with them, and a therapist is in another room that has a two-way mirror, and the parent has a little uh, earpiece, and they're teaching the parent how to interact with their child. Because, you know, a lot of parent, a lot of, a lot of people are not trained to be parents by their parents. 100%. They're kind of taught what not to do. Absolutely. Or, or don't even have that person there to, to, to be that example. And so uh, we have therapists that are specifically trained to help you be a better parent. And so what are they trying to, what are they trying to help them do? I mean, I know the, the big picture is helping be a, a better parent. Um, Redirect them. Uh, uh, um, discipline them. Um, okay. React to them. Oh, like how you're reacting yeah. to whatever they're doing. Absolutely. A play with them. You would not believe how many parents don't know how to play with their kids. Hmm. How to listen. Because sometimes the best is, is you know, you'll have a therapist saying, shut up, quit talking. In their earpiece. Because yeah. they're, 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 they're doing too much. They're talking. doing too much. Just sit there and listen to what <laughs> they say. You talk about playing with kids. I think Chris and I, we've talked about this. Uh there was a parenting conference we had at our church years ago. Uh, John, what is his name? The Foremans. John Mark Foreman. and Mark Foreman and um, I think Jan Foreman. Maybe they wrote a book called Never Say No. It's about mm. never saying no to the relationship. It's not right. saying like literally you never say no. It's kind mm-hmm. of a provocative title. But he had said something in there that I thought was so good that always stuck with me, which is <clears throat> he said, you know, get a sheet of paper, however many kids you have like draw a circle for each kid, right? So I have three kids, like draw a circle and then write the name of each kid. Like, you know, so Nora, you know, Wyatt's in one of the circles, Moses in the other. And then he said, write everything they like to do Mm. in that little circle. And then he said, pretend that's their planet. And then ask yourself, when's the last time I visited their planet? Oh, wow. And he's like, you've got to get in your kid's world. And one of the greatest ways you do that is, you know, you may not like ballet, or whatever, or, or you may wish your kid played football instead of Legos oh, or whatever. It. But, but you've 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 got to be very careful not to be like, well, if my kid wants to play, he's going to play my stuff. Oh yeah. So like you see it right? Like maybe your kid could care less about fishing or hunting, but because dad fishes or hunting, like, well, That's I invite my kid doing. to go. He just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. It's like, okay, when's the last time you got in the floor? Oh, that Legos? happened to me the other night. So I have a twenty-year-old. 
and, and he um, he likes to go driving around in the evening when it's after after dark. Wind is down. If, like today is a perfect day. It's beautiful yeah. outside. So he likes to go ride around. And I it was he gets off work late, and he came. Uh, I was already in bed, and he came to my bedroom, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna go just ride around a bit, just just decompress from the day. Do you want to go?" Now mm. let me tell let me tell you this. Yeah, I did not. You were tired. I didn't want to go. Yeah, I, I had no desire to go. Yep. I'm already in bed. Yes. I'm in my drawers in the bed. I don't want to get out of bed. It's warm in the bed. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable in the bed. I'm gonna go ride around with them. And riding around with your kid, you're you you're using the brake, even though you don't have the brake. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh, you. Re- I'm still paying your car insurance. You took that stop sign pretty. You know, you're doing all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So. And so I said, no, I don't. I don't want to. I, thanks for asking. And he walked out. He and he wasn't a he wasn't hurt because he was going to do it anyway. But he wanted to include me. And when he left, I thought I sat there and thought, how many more times is he going to ask me to do mm. that? Or how many more times mm. is he going to be around? Because you know, move mm-hmm. out and get. Mm-hmm. And so I got up and put my clothes on and found him before he left. And I said, "Yes, I do want to go with you." That's great. And we went, and we didn't talk about anything. We rode around. He had this the worst music that mm-hmm. you've ever heard blasting. The windows were down. We rode around for about thirty or forty minutes, um, and we didn't we didn't say maybe twenty words. And I think about it every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think awesome, about man. it every single day. And um, I encourage you if if you if your kid asks you to do something and you can do it. No matter how tired you are, no matter how much mm-hmm. you hate what they want to do, yeah, go do it. That's huge. Yeah, because uh, well, you know, and with my daughter, I've like I have, I have a son and a daughter, and we have a rule at church. Uh, we go to Southwest Church across in in Jonesboro, and we have a rule that if church asks you to do something, your first answer is yes. I'll, I'll do it, and then you think about it. So we we were doing it was last year we were doing a play. Uh, uh, a play for for church, and and the church asked my daughter and I if we would be stage, uh, like we would move stage stuff. We'd bring the props on, mm-hmm. bring, and I was like, oh, I'm, and it was it was for two weeks. Who has a play run for two weeks? <laughs> and it was a month rehearsal before the two. I'm like, this all sounds terrible. I avoided the tryouts so we wouldn't be in it. But they said, oh, you didn't try out, so could you be? And so so I volunteered my daughter because I didn't want to do it by myself. And and so so we did it. Um, and she and I had the most fun backstage. We were... We were giggling and cracking up, and and we were just moving stuff. And I had so much fun, and I I dreaded the play coming. Mm. And she and I still talk about. There was one part where they were singing Hava Nagila, and so she and I were backstage just dancing. And she's she's sixteen. She says, you know, at my the what I'm gonna play at my wedding for the father daughter dance is Hava Nagila. <laughs> that's what we're gonna we're and and so that's a memory. And I just I that's I cool. dreaded it so much, but but we have we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. And it's and you don't have to do anything complicated. Mm. It just has to be something that y'all 
do together. And yeah. I mean, I had, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now called five regrets of the dying. I told Matthew Miller that the other day when the podcast, he's like, you've got to read more fiction, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, why are you reading? It's like the third book I've read on death in like the past year. And, uh, and your stress card. It was green in my belly. So <laughs> just saying, uh, and so, but one of the things it talks about in there is that, you know, usually one of the regrets is just time spent with family, like not enough time oh, yeah. spent with family or with friends, sure. just not prioritizing relationships. Mm. And uh, it's, it's the whole cat in the cradle story, right? I mean, sure. it's like the song of like the dad was too busy to ever hang out with his kid. And then whenever the kid like finally gets old enough and the dad's like retired, has nothing to do. The son like doesn't have any time for him. Yeah. It's like, I'm too busy, dad. It's Absolutely. like, ah, why don't I hang out with my kid when I could hang out with my kid? Absolutely. And so... Good stuff. I I heard from Brooke. Um, for those who don't know, Brooke is, is an assistant here that works uh, with Pergo Podcast. She told me that you you went to school at Tech. <laughs> your mom worked at Paracord, yeah. and your grandpa built the building for CRA. And my dad graduated from CRA. And your dad graduated from CRA. So the only school we probably is Blessed Sacrament is the only school in, in Paragol that we've not been a part of. Well, yeah. So yeah. you are well-rounded. Like you've maybe you've been more yes. tied in to the schools than anybody. Um, so you grew up here in Paragol. I did. And I Love guess. It. Yeah. What was, did you, when, when did you graduate from Tech? What year? You're going to make me tell the year. Yeah, I want to know. It was 1990. 1990. Yeah. Man. Which, which, what when, the, when we tell stories, you know, it was the nineties. That seems like ten years ago, and it wasn't. I know. Now yeah. the music that you're like, hey kids, listen to this. This I was know. a big hit when I was in school. That's like right. oldies. <laughs> That's, uh, when what my, was the big the big tune back no, then? Let me, just let me back up and let me tell you because you made me think of this. My kids were in the car, and and we tried to call my dad's landline. It, this is very much the 80s or 90s or whatever. And we got a busy signal, and my children didn't know what that yeah, was. They They'd never heard a busy signal. I asked them to get out of the car because I didn't want to discuss anything with them. But anyway, what was your question? You asked a question. Uh, no, I was just curious. What was the hit back in the 90s? Oh, gosh. I'm a music man, guy. The 90s. That Boys like to a- men. Boys to men. Yes. Let's not wait till the water runs dry. That could be. Yeah. Down on Bendy. Yeah. Uh huh. Motown Philly. Sure. I can keep them coming. It is a list right there. <laughs> yeah, that is it. Boys, those to are men. words you said. So that's <laughs> that's fantastic. So yeah. do you? I don't even know. Do you, are you live in Jonesboro now? Or you live in? Paragol? I do live in Jonesboro. Yes. Okay. So were you here up until college? Oh yeah. Yes. And I lived here till I graduated college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've commuted back and forth. Yeah. You didn't go to Black River Tech to keep the Paragold schools no, going? No, no, uh-uh. I went straight. Mom, so my son goes to ASU now, so okay. we're a fifth generation going to ASU. My mom, who taught school, she was like, you, you going to school. You going to college. She signed me up for every one of my – I never signed up for my own class. My mom that's, signed me up. That's a great story. Yeah, well, I've – In marketing, that was your deal? Yes, that's I. You knew that was going to be it. No, I didn't. (laughs) She didn't tell me that. I just kind of (laughs) stumbled into it. Your mom had a great plan for your life. But listen, listen. This are you happy with your job, or are you looking back? Would you been like, okay, I love it. Yeah, you don't look back and be like, man, I really wish I could have been like a a pro wrestler or something. No, absolutely. This this is my dream job. It's very so. Mama knew. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So it was Greenleaf back then. And I was, I was a, and so it's such a complicated 
roundabout story. I was a lifeguard at Reynolds Park. Man, how about that blast in the yes. past? Yes, you- and taught swimming lessons. So I've taught many of your guests, I've taught them how to Come swim. Come on, man. That alone is the yes. reason why we should have brought you on. That's that should it. be the headline. Yes. Zeke Shot Swim instructor for majority of Paragool podcast it. Hundreds, guests. hundreds of people. Hundreds. We've, we've not had hundreds of episodes. Yes. But hundreds of people. Oh, just people, not guests. Yes. Okay. Of hundreds of people I've taught to swim. You know, I Reynolds. used to be a swim instructor. Our, but this our, isn't about me. This is about uh, you. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> the Red Cross swimming. Yeah, absolutely. But Man, anyway, the old so, Reynolds. so I was, I was a, a lifeguard and then Greenleaf, they had a swim pool and they said, we need a lifeguard to work here. I was going to college. And and so my mom told me, she says, you, you need to get, you need to get a job there. And so when I got my job there and I graduated from ASU with my degree in public relations, I was, I was a, a just a, a patient tech. I just worked uh, with the patients and uh, uh, Greenleaf said, we're moving you to the marketing department on Monday. And I was like, what, what is, what does that mean? Well, you got a degree and we're moving you to the marketing department. On, this was Friday. On Monday, you're going to start in the marketing department. And I go, oh, okay. And I, that was 29 years ago. And here My entire are. adult life has been teaching or been marketing mental health care. It's excellent. I guess one question I'd like to ask before we move into rapid fire is, as you look back on the 29 years from your perspective in the mental health world, what are... Uh, what are some key lessons, maybe things you've learned that would be good for us to take away today, uh, whether it's things you've learned from other therapists, things mm. you've learned from just observing human nature, oh. uh, things from just being in the world of counseling, just your job. Yeah. I got three. Back. I got three. That's incredible. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, people, uh, I don't give any questions before. So the fact yeah. that you just had three. I got three. Is super impressive. Three. The one is no is a complete sentence. No does not need explaining. No is a complete sentence. The next, uh, don't try to be rational with irrational people. <laughs> that is a lesson for life. Write that one down, Chris. Do not try to be rational. with. You will never convince an irrational person with rationality. That'll that never happen. Sure. Yeah. And the, the other that I've learned, in, uh, particularly in mental health, is we have a whole health like there's not just mental health there's just not there's not just physical health there's not just soul social health yeah you have one health i i i i'm amazed now that we have like eye insurance or dental insurance we don't have steering wheel insurance you know mm. we don't have tire we got car insurance mm. and i wish we had health insurance meaning that's our whole health yes because because if you're if you're physically um, in pain, mm-hmm. that's going to affect your mental health, and it's going to affect your social health. One hundred percent. If you're if you're depressed, that's going to affect your physical health and your social health. Yes. And if you withdraw from people and you, you just isolate yourself, and your social health is is low, that's going to affect your physical health and your mental health. Yes. So those are three. You know, three spokes on a wheel. Huge. And I've learned that. And that last one, I think, is um, so incredibly important because from a a Christian perspective, Mm. you know, people think of the soul, of that cartoonish part of you that floats into heaven. That's not the the way the Bible thinks of the soul. When When the scriptures talks about the soul, 
the soul is kind of the, the part of you that holds everything together. Mm. It's your mind. It's your body. It's your emotions. It's your will. It's your social capacities. It's all of those things. And so like when the scriptures talk about, or like David says, you restore my soul. Mm. What he's saying is you make me fully integrated. You make me whole. You make me healthy. My entire being. And I think those things, what you just said, is absolutely something that we've got to stop overlooking, which is the truth that all of these things are interconnected. Yes. You literally can't. Uh, have you guys, um, have y'all watched the uh, the Jonah Hill, I don't know, I guess it's a documentary movie called Stutz. Have y'all heard about that on Netflix? I haven't, no. Incredible. Jonah Hill is one of my favorite directors, but he uh, has a therapist named, I guess, was it Phil Stutz, maybe, that has just had a big impact on his life. So Jonah Hill recently said, I'm going to make a movie, basically a documentary, where I'm just interviewing my therapist and I'm asking him to share the tools huh. with the world that he has shared with me that has changed my life. But in one of the opening scenes, one of the first things that he does is draw a pyramid and he just shows how all of it's connected. You're, oh, all yes. these things are connected. And, and, and he says, one of the first things I'll ask somebody who comes in with depression or anxiety or whatever is like, how's your sleep? Mm. How's your diet? Yes. Are you exercising? And they look at you like you're crazy. And he's like, you just, you can't assume they're doing those things. Because he's like, hey, that might be the thing that fixes you here. It may not be some big complicated Absolutely. issue. Like you may, if you will eat healthy and exercise and try to sleep regularly, that may solve a lot of your issues. So let's yeah. start there. It's as simple as that. I mean, like <laughs> I learned this the other day and it just blew my mind from, because we have, we now have a medical clinic on our, on our, uh, campus we didn't our mental health we now have a primary care mm -hmm. um in jonesboro and one of uh, our nurses our nurse practitioners was telling me that uh 76 of headaches are because you're dehydrated mm -hmm. as i take my drink just of water. To, let me get a sip mm -hmm. so you know it's just it, and you're sitting there thinking oh it's got to be uh, you know some people i've got a brain tuber or, or some people i always have migraines or this food triggered it um to have you had something some water to drink today oh no i i'm i you know i haven't it's like oh could be yeah. that drink eight glasses of water <laughs> that'll be five hundred dollars that's Thank right you very much. <clears throat> well at, at uh at our non not-for-profit arisa health it, your uh, ability to pay is not our primary concern hey. so i just want to throw that just yeah, yeah, very good tom brady is a big uh like a gallon to two gallons of water <sighs> per drink is he really and, and so, he obviously has figured something out yep. That's now all you got to do to be a Super Bowl champion. Now, you, your people can Google this, but there is something called hydropsychosis, so you can have way too much water in your system. I don't need – don't just tell me that. Google it. It's like I just, it's going to stress it. me out even more to think I can now <laughs> can drink too much water. squeezing the stress ball now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just. All right, so why don't we move into some rapid-fire questions? Oh, you ready for it? I'm always. I know you are. Yeah. If I could pitch you something like – What's something, give me one thing you've learned in the last 29 years, and you come up with three on the fly, yeah. you're going to crush That's these rapid-fire questions. That's it. What is the last show or movie you watched or the last book that you read? The last book I read was about the third time I read it, and it's called The Alienist. The Alienist. Oh, it's great. It's a great, scary, ridiculous horror book. Nice. Um, so an alienist, it's, it's – so particular too, but an alienist way back when was a psychiatrist in the 1900s. Okay, but this is uh, it was a it was a TV show on TNT as well um, that they did it. Caleb Carr is the author and the alienist, and it's just a it's kind of like a, a horror fiction. Horror fiction. Yeah. All right. It was really good. You're a big horror movie fan as no, well. No, I hate I hate horror movies. <laughs> I like horror podcasts. 
Ah, like, I like scary m- stories? Yeah. But I don't like to... I have a vivid imagination now. I don't need someone to put it up on screen. Go listen to uh, Judge Phil Iyer's episode where he talks oh, about I a ghost did. living in his house. I did. Yes. I mean, it doesn't get too dark. So No, no. I'm reading my first sci-fi book uh, ever right now just because of I had lunch with like 100 Matthew Miller. I was like, you got to stop reading so much. Uh, stuff books on, on like death and stuff. Like reading something a little <laughs> so bit lighter. So what's the sci-fi? What's um, it's, uh, what is it? Um, you just I, I don't know. I was trying. I was trying. To, I was trying to look for it. It's a book of short stories. Oh, hopefully Matthew Miller is not uh, Hitchhiker's gonna, Guide gonna to the this. Galaxy. That's one. Is that a good read. one? It's oh, a bunch of short yes. stories. It's good. It's yeah, good. Absolutely. Sci-fi. Okay. Uh, favorite band or favorite song? Let's Queen. Queen. Okay. Favorite song by Queen. We will rock you. That's. Pretty cliche. Mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Look, I'll just be I, honest. When I, I, I when I someone sing. tells me they're a Queen fan, yeah, and then they tell me they like okay, we Rock okay. You, I'm like, okay, you just named their greatest hit, Fat Bottom Girl. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a. I don't know if that fell into the appropriateness here, but no, yeah. that's, it's hey, anything that goes, is. man. Yeah, Queen. anything goes. Queen. Queen's a good one. Yeah. I, in fact, I was I was <laughs> talking to some twenty year olds. Um, the other day, and I was talking about um, Meatloaf, and yeah. they did not know who Meatloaf was. Yeah. So, I, like, my kids in the car, I asked them to just leave. Yeah. Get out. We were at their place of work, so it was awkward, you but I still them, asked them to leave. <laughs> you make them watch Rocky Horror Picture Show? I said they need to go watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Paragold Cinema used to do interactive. That's true. You, Collins. That. The Collins Theater does that Gosh. every Halloween. Never seen it. You should go to an interactive. Don't watch it unless you're at an interactive theater because yeah. it's not good. No, it's a it's a cheesy, ridiculous. But you love it. Rock opera. No, I didn't say I loved it. Oh, okay. I like, that is true. That I was like my meatloaf. Words. Yeah. Okay. I'll like make meat. a really good meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, Speaking nice. of, what is your favorite meal? Fried chicken. Can you make it? So my grandmother used to... Uh, make this oven fried chicken and um, oven fried oven fried because she got older and we got fatter. So (laughs) she was trying to, we're going to get a little healthier. Right. She, she would, she would like cook things on the stovetop and then go off to church, you know? And, and, and my grandmother was someone you didn't touch her stove. So, so just a side story, my cousin and I, she was in her thirties and I was in my twenties and we went to church with my grandparents out, if you know where um, Sugtown is, way, sure, out, of course. way out in the country, Mulberry Church of Christ. And, and so my grandmother would leave stuff cooking on the stove. And so my cousin and I came, beat my grandparents to their house. And the kitchen was full of smoke. Oh, no. Because something was burning. And my cousin and I were looking at each other like, are you going to turn that off? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to let this house burn down. Yeah. I'm not going to touch. It's either this house or it's my life. It's like, I don't, this lady has told me my entire life, don't touch this stove. I'm going to let this house burn down. Now, she had a few choice words. Like, why didn't you turn the stove? You told me. Did the house end up burning down? No, the house okay. did not burn down that to clarify. time. Okay. It didn't burn down that time. It did burn down. Oh, my. But it didn't burn down that time. But that's, that's wasn't enough. on you. Yeah. Where do yes. you get your fried chicken at now? Where's the fried, where's the best fried chicken joint around Northeast Arkansas? Um, any gas station would be a good Chester's. Fried, 
Yes. There, nice. Listen, there is a, uh, it's called the Food Mart in West Memphis. It's a, it's a grocery store. Wow. It is the best fried chicken. It's getting chicken. close to your old stopping right? What about, what about Dodges, though? Dodge is okay. Chicken strips. But remember, here in Perigold, we used to have the snack pack. Does anybody know this? It, it's, it was where uh, Walgreens is now. Okay. But it, you could get, you know, uh, a leg and a thigh and two potato logs okay. for like $2. Not bad. And it was the snack. It was the great. That, that was the yeah. good old days. But anyway, telling my grandmother's story. So she would make this, and I couldn't figure it out how to make this. Uh, uh, oven, oven fried, fried chicken, chicken. Yeah. and so i didn't know was it in this pan or did she put uh, uh as she called it tin foil on the top or whatever and so i could never figure it out and finally years later i saw a picture of my grandmother in the kitchen and on the the stove was the oven fried chicken and i figured out how to make it from that picture because wow, nice. all the the tools were sure. there and i had left out a few and i finally figured out how how to excellent how to make it right on, so man. that's my fa- i love that's my favorite food but Very i haven't eaten it in for a while i've been fasting recently so okay yeah well, yeah you have to get back uh i'm get back hangry. To it, i've been hangry for a long time yeah <laughs> i think you were going to say west memphis was close to my old stopping grounds uh, I would eat Chicken Stop in Martry. Oh, I don't yes. know if it's still there anymore, but Chicken it's Stop. It's closed. Man. It's closed, but yes. The Man. Cow Bar, oh, in yeah. in uh, which was kind of like the Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. It was called the Cow Bar Look in Martry. you guys, man. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? There is my phone charger and a sleep mask that I do not use and a cup. That's just I got my kids call it my night water. It's it is water, but um, it's but it's my sleeping water is what my my daughter uh, says, and and so I fill up a big cup of water mm-hmm. before I go to bed, and my daughter will sneak into my room and take a a sip of my sleeping <laughs> water. So that's those are the three things that are on my nightstand. That's great. What uh, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Um, sitting at the kitchen counter, um, talking to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids are really interesting. They they really, I mean i I like my daughter more than my son. <laughs> I mean, I love them both, and they know this. But I do like my daughter more than my son. <laughs> my son is just a younger version of me. And and when we talk, I'm like, hard. yeah. When we talk, I'm like, how do I have friends? You've gotten <laughs> on every nerve in my body. You see all of your little weaknesses walking oh, around. Gosh, two legs yes, no. He and my daughter is much. She lives with the. You know, she lives with two of us. She's normal. She is uh, considerate. She is. Uh, not attention seeking. Um, she's just like she's <laughs> a normal human being, right? She thinks she's an introvert, but I said, "Honey, you're you're just normal. You're comparing yourself to two like uh, extreme top, yeah. extroverts. So <laughs> you're just normal. So oh, that's yeah. great, man. But I but uh, there are times where I, uh, he and I can just are vibing on something, and and we're right there, and and he agrees with everything, and I'm like, yes. And then there are other times where I'm sitting with her, and she's total opposite but it's just sitting there and we're just mm. sitting there chatting telling me about something and so i love i love just those simple moments where where nothing's happening i, the, I like them 
We're not friends. I can't, yeah, I'm not friends with my kids. I, I told my son, we're not friends. We're, it's more a landlord tenant relationship right now. I love you, but who yeah. every now and then rides around at night right. with the windows down. That's right. It's a very yes. different type of landlord tenant relationship. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's Jonesboro. So, you know, it's Jonesboro. That can uh, last question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Um, that I'm deeply grateful. My job, my job. I, I adore. I adore this job. I got this job. So when I told you I was working at, at Greenleaf, um, a, f- a friend of my family's, her name's Bonnie White, she used to run Mid-South Health Systems. Mm. And so uh, I asked her, you know, what, I don't know anything about marketing mental health. And she said, I'll introduce you to somebody. And her name was Janie Blackburn. And she was the marketing director for Mid-South Health Systems. And so she kind of mentored me. And she told me, she told me, she says, uh, she said, one day you'll have my job. Mm. And that happened um, 21 years to the day she mm. told me that I got this job, mm. which was her old job. Mm. And so, and so um, it's, it's been my dream job and it has not disappointed. So I'm very, it's great. very thankful for this, for this job. I love this job. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Brad, thanks so much for yeah. the goodies. And thanks for making space to come on and spend some time with us, man. Yeah, really, thanks for I've really enjoyed me. it. I, I've, I've had a great time. Thank you. And Brad has left the building. Chris, great having you back on producing. Yes, sir. As always. Uh, Brad, thanks so much for coming on. Really enjoyed the conversation. And to those of you who are still listening, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you've not already done so, please uh, get on our different social media accounts. Check us out there. We are on Instagram, I believe. We are also, I think, very loosely on Twitter. Not really. We have a website, paragolpodcast.com. Um, but where you will probably see most of the action is on Facebook. So just go to Facebook, Google the Paragold Podcast. You can find us there. And if you've not done so, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That just helps people find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people that are connected to our community. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.